in your voice. You do have that potential. Uh, we're starting this podcast laughing because that's what we're here for. Yes. Um, just so you know. So, hi everybody. Welcome to All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this podcast is all about joy and pleasure. 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 <laughs> so, we just want to thank you all. This is our seventh episode, which is great. What a holy number. We're so grateful that you're here with us, spending time with us, listening, sharing. And we would just like to ask you to continue to listen, to share it with one person in your life, rate, review on iTunes, like it on SoundCloud, follow us on IG. Tag a friend. Tag a friend. We have plenty of episodes for them to start with, go back, binge. Um, It's been cool. I've had like people come into my office like, hey, I just listened to the latest episode. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. So it is getting around, but we could use your help with getting it around a little bit more. Yes. Thank you so much. That's one way that you can really support us. We, we would really love it. Just tell some folks about it and tell us what you're thinking about it. You can also send us a email at allheartpodcast at gmail.com. You know, we got some stuff to say. Y'all got some questions for us. You for can, sure. If you have any questions, anything. Topics you want covered. Yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up. This is a team effort, yes. and you're a part of the team, whether you like it or not. How you doing, Thea? How you feeling today? I'm doing good. I'm feeling pretty light. I, I burned some Eurosanta earlier, and I think I'm still feeling the effects of it. Okay, what is that? It's well, I buy it in the you know in the the form, the wand form. Mm-hmm. So I use it to like really protect like the best parts of my inner being. So like to feel good about that part of myself good about myself in general and it just kind of I don't know it kind of like puts this like nice warm fuzzy blanket around it mm. so that things can't really pull you down That's and I found out about it maybe like a year ago and I started using it and I could really feel it so you know sometimes after I sage I'll use that to help me balance things out but it's really great that's good because they say, you know, when you're saging, it's just like you're clearing out everything. Yep. You're clearing out everything, but then you're just kind of naked. Yep, exactly. You out you're here. not protected and you yeah. don't have to. Yeah, so you have to put energy back in. And so I use the Yerba Santa to do that. So I'm feeling pretty good today. Okay. I had my little, I did a little nine-day cleanse. I can go back on Instagram. I'm not going to relive the whole thing. <laughs> you did a nine-day cleanse. I did cleanse. a nine-day cleanse with Oya, and it was wonderful. And I feel a lot better because she was basically like, you asked me to clear some of this shit out. Well, I'm feeling great. Like it's been, man, I feel like these last kind of seven days or 10 days, I guess during your cleanse. Mm -hmm. During the cleanse. Yeah. This past week, like I think I started this really cool uh, somatic healing. Have Mm -hmm. you ever heard of it before? Talk more about it before I say yes or no. Okay. It's generative somatics. So it's like, um, it's a kind of, look, I don't, I don't. (laughs) I don't, I don't want to get it wrong, okay? But I got this thing, and I talked to this this person on the internet, mm-hmm. all right? On the interwebs. Uh, on the interwebs. And we talk about my issues. It's kind of like therapy, uh-huh. but you deal with your body. So okay. the word somatic right. really just like means the body, right? Yeah. So we do all of this different like breath work mm-hmm. and body and centering and grounding and all this stuff. Now, normally I've always thought that somatics is like mad corny because of the way that people would talk. Uh 
But I really like this practitioner because I tell her, like, I'm feeling resistant mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the way that the kind of language you're using. Like, okay, I hear you. I support what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I've always been super rebellious to that. But I wanted to stop kind of, actually, it's largely because of this, mm-hmm. like, us doing this. Like, I want to I go deeper into yeah. my healing practices. And yeah. I was also always drawn to the somatic healing, like, methodology methods Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I had seen other people practicing. So I thought like, I think that's something that I would actually be good at, but I want to be on the experiential level first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So the first time that I did it, it was it was cool as an intro, but then the week after that, it was like the craziest week I've experienced in months. And so because I had another session, I was for the first time in probably years able to see how intense my life actually is. Mm-hmm. Like all the ups and downs because right. I had a space to, I was going to reflect on. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about what's happened in the last week. And when I thought about it, I was like, whoa, like so much is happening in yeah. my life that I'm just living through. Uh, just without, living yeah, through. Without releasing, without shedding, without Exactly. Yeah, you sure. know, and like I'm doing like daily practices, praying or meditating, but not really like digging deep and and really letting things out of my body so you know i think that's what menstrual cycles are actually for i agree with you I, yeah that's what i i mean i feel like oh i did i thought i was doing good like mm-hmm. dealing with stuff as it came up but it's always some stuff that like falls through the cracks falls into the cushion of the couch and your menstrual cycle is like no bitch we're gonna go revisit this shit <laughs> from like three weeks ago that you didn't like and we're going to bring it up. And so I've just welcomed that instead of feeling like I was, you know, raging or anything like that. I've been like, this is the time when anything I didn't say or do, I'm going to say or do. Because yeah. I think we do uh, lock in a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we're in a fast-paced society and we feel Absolutely. like we have to move fast-paced all the time. So it's like we don't have time, you know, the I don't I ain't got time for that. Yeah. So it does get stuck, and I could see how somatic work could really help to like just just release, release, that stuff. let it go, really being able to talk, cry, like let things out, and just to have that space. I get it. I think therapy's awesome. Mm. You know, I think that people need to kind of find what works for them. Absolutely. You know, she asked me that, like, why do you, um, why are you choosing this, like, instead of therapy? And I was like, because I'm, I'm like, I can talk my way out of anything. Mm. Like, so I could probably like use my charisma on my therapist like depending on the therapist yes <laughs> yeah. if your therapist is equally charismatic <laughs> and you like shiny well, things well you can't be my therapist i can't be your therapist <laughs> it's a conflict but of interest. you know i do find that like particularly i'll say people of color that i work with are action oriented uh particularly like black and brown people they they need some action in their yeah. in their work. They cannot just stand there. And so I have to let them know from jump. And there's some people, certain populations, that prefer more, you know, just listen to me, talk mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I'm just not cut from that cloth. So I do think, like, if you for many people, if they are doing traditional therapy, there has to be some integrated action work. It has to be like uh, conversational. It has to be something that like moves. Absolutely. Because when I showed up, I was like, you know, I'm here for one thing and that's tools for repair. Yeah. When I'm in a some sort of conflict, I have zero tools to repair except mm. for I apologize. Mm. 
you know, mm-hmm. and there's all that anatomy of an apology. Mm-hmm. I apologize for doing this and I realize what I did and I won't do this again. But I'm talking about things that you can do to reconnect on yeah. a physical level to people. Yeah. That's not just words, you yeah. know, and so or to reconnect to the self. So just the just that um, the grounding exercise that I learned. The centering exercise that I learned just this past week has yeah. been helpful. And that reminder to do that during the day and to breathe. And yeah, it's good. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, I, so even the part where you step back and you're like, my life is really intense. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do that. We don't. It is. Our lives are very intense. And we don't. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize I, I work for 18 hours a day. Like it took, seriously, mm-hmm. it took me mm-hmm. sitting down with someone else and reflecting to be like, oh, I literally work 18 hours every day between every day. being a, a homeschooling mom mm-hmm. and working mad jobs yep. and then yep. having an artist life. Like, yep. Trying to yeah. have an artist Yeah. Have an artist life. Absolutely. So th- those six hours from 12 to six, that's when I sleep. But then you and I are also very, and a lot of people listening are probably very action-oriented when it comes to wellness and, like, Mm -hmm. Mm self-growth, which is what my nine days was about, Mm -hmm. which was not doing. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, we talk about it all the time, and it sounds so cliche. I don't even want to say the words. But we talk about, like, not doing and being. Mm -hmm. And I think you said it to me first earlier this year that I have to stop trying to be the person I want to be and just just be the person because I am the person. Mm -hmm. And it was this nine days of like looking at all the scaffolding we put in place, but never remove the scaffolds afterwards. Mm -hmm. We're still using techniques that we should have graduated from. Like you don't have to do this this thing every single day anymore. Why are you still adding that? And it just creates this like full plate of things to do Mm -hmm. when we may have mastered that. Mm-hmm. It should come off the plate now, right? So mm-hmm. there were certain activities that I was like forcing myself to do on a regular basis that really, at the end of the day, like I got that part. I'm good. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the next thing that I need to learn on. But mm-hmm. but that lack of self reflection, that always mm-hmm. like seeking the next level of growth, was preventing me from looking back and seeing like you're working too hard. Like yeah. literally, you did your best when you weren't doing any of that shit. Like when you were just existing, you know. And I think that's important because it can add to that intensity in our lives. I hear you. I hear you. So our topic today, we were going to talk about, well, first we want to make a dedication. Yes. We can't forget that part. So, I'll let you lead that. Okay. So one of our most wonderful writers that has been alive and walking amongst us passed away yesterday, Entozaki Shange, who was the beautiful poet and playwright writer of For Colored Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough, along with a host of other titles, mm-hmm. lots of plays, cookbooks, novels, <laughs> children's books. Yeah, I mean, her, her what she's written is just so, so much. And she's really the writer that really inspired me to live. Mm. They were the writer that inspired me to write and to find my own voice. So we know that if we don't honor black women... No one else will. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to dedicate this show to her Mm -hmm. and to her honor. And, you know, I'll be going home and lighting my white candle for her and saying prayers for her and her transition as a a soul to the next the next part of her journey. So anything you wanted to say? 
It's funny because yesterday I I was editing my um, most recent novel and um, the lady in green from For Colored Girls is a is a big part of that. And um, I was grounding myself back in the work and like looking up YouTubes of the the videos and people doing their interpretations of it and like really relating that to my character. And then a couple hours later, mm. I, I saw the news, you know, mm. and um you know, I think because of my spiritual practice, recently death has meant something different to me. Mm. And so I just felt on the same wavelength in that moment that, okay, you mm. know, here are ways that even in a book that's not her book, her work lives through this book now, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and made me think then that's also something I'm going to have to do is make a dedication to her in this book as well. So it's just, the impact isn't just like when we first um, read her book, but also how we are carrying it to carry on to people who will read and be a part of our work that we're going to do in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this week's events. Go ahead. Okay. So, okay. (laughs) Noni's a little (laughs) sketch on this topic. Okay. So so this is our, this is our heart to heart moment. And this is what we're going to talk about in our heart to heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am a little bit, um, I don't say nervous, but sketch. Sketch is a good word. It is I feel a, a little sketch about talking <laughs> about this particular topic, but I know it's necessary. So, so today, what we're going to try to chip away at as best as we can, and with 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 what we have in this space between the two of us, is you know how to find the inspiration and the joy in uncertain times. Mm-hmm. So, you know. As joy-filled as we all try to be, there's no escaping the fact that we woke up in a country that we found out there were multiple bombs sent to different figures, many of them people of color, many of them you know, women. Um, they still probably don't even know if there's more out there. And then a couple of days later, we woke up to a mass shooting and a place of worship. Um, where our Jewish brothers and sisters are now, I, it brought me back to Charleston, mm-hmm. you know, the Charleston Nine. Um, and I remember that moment and how uh, allies made space for me and friends in that moment. And it was just like how that, how that moves through an entire community. And so being realistic, you know, I, part of the reason I think it's important to do this topic is because like we, we're joy. And pleasure and all that can seem like this far end of the spectrum from the reality we're living. Mm -hmm. And I deal with people every day who have depression, who are dealing with suicide, and trying to give them hope and inspiring them during a time like this, when if they're like a dreamer or uh, if they're Muslim or different things, if they're trans, it can feel like, where am I supposed to find the joy, right? And so I think it's really important to discuss this because we're not, I don't want people to think we're we're saying to go for joy as a way of avoiding what's happening, right. right? As a way of like saying, dissociating from what's happening. In fact, a large part of what I want people to do is to dig into the idea of joy during these times as a form of revolution, as a form of resistance. Absolutely. Um, 
What are you? What were you thinking? I, I see you. First. I just, um, I I agree with all of this. I think that what's difficult for me is the uncertainty yeah. of what we're living. Yeah. Like, it's a hard time to be alive. It is. I think what's difficult for me. Let me name it. Is that it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. I feel really, really angry when I think about. All of the the fear that everyone is kind of walking around with mm-hmm. um, as these, this election cycle feels so charged. Absolutely, it feels so racialized. Mm-hmm. It feels so polarizing, and I largely feel that the more we continue to speak about it in such terms, that it it, it won't change. Right. Um, and I don't see the conversations now. No, don't get me fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like no disrespect, but I'm not like a Martin Luther King person. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. a Malcolm X person. Mm-hmm. Right. However, like, I think that the way we speak about what's happening, it feels so like that, like there's never going to be a convergence. There's never going to be a meet and into it. There's never going to be a, a, a like, they like reach across the aisle. Right. It's just so binary, and it's yeah. so like yeah. there's the left and the right, and there's the there's the Republicans and Democrats, and like one, I don't fit in, e- in either of those, yeah. you know. And there's there's a racial thing going on, and support, and, yeah. and I'm so focused on black people yeah. that I just feel really outside of that conversation. Now, when I say like I'm so focused on black people, it doesn't mean that I'm not acknowledging that things are happening to others besides right. black folks because yeah. I really work in solidarity with, with folks who are working in, on immigrant like, rights yeah, and sure. women's rights and all of those things. But for me, like, I'm just so focused on us mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. in these uncertain times. Like, we, yeah. we've been through so many uncertain yes, times. Like, absolutely. so I guess that's that's also it. It's kind of like... My whole life's been a fucking uncertain, right, an uncertainty right. in this country. Like right, right. when I get in my car, it's an uncertainty. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm at my house recently, and there's like a sign saying, "There's these look out for these two dudes. Like they may be roaming around. If you see them, call this number." Yeah. Like like I feel like I'm always looking over my shoulder. I'm yeah, always yeah. watching my back. Like always. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been trying to make sure I don't get raped or killed right, or right. like, like right. all of yeah. these things my whole yeah. life. So my uh, where where I live in in these uncertain times is to start establishing what is certain for you. Yes. Like you know, Agreed. like like how can we establish our new life? How can we establish our new order, our new governments? Like instead of being so focused, like. On this other way now, not to say that like I'm all about like vote right, especially yeah. right now. I'm yeah. all about like voting. Yeah, <laughs> I never been so about yeah. voting yeah. in my whole. I know that's life. why I'm laughing. I feel so corny. Like yeah, so yeah, that's you know. why I'm laughing. <laughs> like the the funny thing is, so the other day, like I got a call. I'm an actor. Sometimes I got a call saying, "Hey, can you are you interested in being in this commercial?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." Was it yeah, about voting? Yeah. <laughs> and so then I was surprised that I got the this this commercial. But what was more surprising for me was that I was so passionate about mm. it. Like I have never been passionate about mm-hmm. voting. Like I vote. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I just vote, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like right. I just vote because I'm, you know, I'm, for the culture. I, I vote for the culture, but right. like in general, I've I've always like not been so much about the democratic system. Right. I feel like it's super right. broken. Right. But particularly these midterm, right? Local. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's where the most power. damage is actually. It done. is, and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm always about it, but particularly this year, and seeing so many black people running and so many women running and. Like, oh, like so many folks that I know who have worked really hard to get bills put up. Like, it's just I feel so passionate about supporting the work of so many amazing fucking organizers in this country right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's exciting to me. Like this election is like, let's see the work that people have been laying down for two years. Yes, I think so to to address some of what you were saying, for sure, I I feel like some of us are more equipped for uncertain times than others. And that's also interesting to watch be revealed. Mm. It's like, you know, people, some people are flipping out and some of us are like, you know, shit happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. I think I'm more, I'm I'm group too. Yeah. Some of us are more like shit happens because shit has happened to us or to the group that we belong to from, you know, a long time now. I think the, the difference right now and I think this has happened when technology has met with social change in the past, is that it's very visible right. and it's very accessible. And so in what gets the clicks are the most negative things. But I'm of the belief that negative things were always happening. Mm-hmm. Like these things were always happening. They just, we weren't able to have these conversations because we were all privy to watching them and witnessing them at the same time, which creates more of a national dialogue than a regional dialogue or a local dialogue, right? right? right. So these things were happening. People were being raped. People were being threatened. People were being terrorized in all these different ways. We just didn't all know about it at the same time. And so we're all mm-hmm. responding at the same time, which creates more of a charge, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that to me is a form of acceptance, right? Like this stuff ain't necessarily new. What's Mm -hmm. new is the fact that we can have a national dialogue about it because we all know what's going on at the same time, but we also don't know how to have a national dialogue because technically we really haven't had them. We've had local ones. We've had regional ones. We've had maybe state dialogues. Because we don't have those strategies for repair. Right. So when you have a school shooting or you have a church bombing or you have a synagogue shooting, where is the repair? Absolutely. And and this has been like... Ah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I realized why I didn't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. it is, it's like what lives in my heart, yeah. kind of like I'm wrestling all the time is how do we on a large scale when, when, when there's trauma, mm-hmm. when there's literally, I mean, we, this is the, a violent fucking country. Yes, always has been. Always has been. When we're experiencing these like mass, right? Because ma- at this point, people look at their phone, I look at my phone, I get the alert. Yep. Or you go on Twitter, you see what's going on. Yep. Facebook's late. You go on Facebook mm-hmm. the next day and you see what happened. Yeah. How do you interact with it in a different way? One thing I do is to not not spend so much time on my phone. So I actually yeah, got absolutely. a lot of this this news pretty late in the yeah. game than normal. Yeah. Um, but but how do when this is happening? What is the what? Where is the the energy that goes to? Okay, now I'm I'm gonna spend time with the children there. Okay, and I'm gonna yeah. spend time with the mothers. And I'm like, where are these like teams? Like in my mind, yeah, like of people of responders of, res- I, I of responding to... on a spiritual level. Yes. Though is what I'm talking yes. about. I emotional post. Like that's one of the things I was trying to get going, and I didn't have much success. But I wanted to get going a team of like therapists and artists who would respond and help the 
that community create a project together. Like it would be I some to do sort the of, same yeah, thing. It would be like some hey, what's sort up, of girl? <laughs> we could do it now. What's up? It was like, you know, it would be a combination of venting and th- there's multiple levels of healing involved here. The people who volunteer to be a part of it are processing and creating and doing something with that energy, but then also the people who watch whatever they create mm. or come to witness whatever they create get to participate in the healing. And I, I, we've talked about post-traumatic growth before, and this country does yeah. not talk about or deal with or facilitate post-traumatic growth. But I think some of the things about living in these uncertain times is, I, I think about Esther Perel, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorites, and she talks a lot about the fact that there's a relationship between trauma and pleasure. And her parents surviving the Holocaust, they began to live every day as though it was their last and that they were always into each other, just always super <laughs> loving and always like hmm. never took each other for granted, right? So mm-hmm. I, I do think that these uncertain times, there's two options for us. Like we can like throw ourselves into the fear, but we can also like open ourselves up to well, what if that is true? And what if there is, what if tomorrow doesn't come? Well, what would we want today to look like? And then there becomes this creative force, this self-determining mm-hmm. force that we haven't been tapping into for a while, right? If you know the economy ain't shit and it hasn't actually been shit for a long time, but now you know for sure and it's in danger of crashing, how would you, in, How would you? what would you do tomorrow morning? Like, would you go to work the same way? Would you put your money into the same things? Like, no. if you, you, none of those things, everything, everything changes, everything shifts. And even like the shaking of our faith in these institutions and the country, it's necessary because it's the institutions that are keeping the oppression around, right? So it's almost like we want these things to be destroyed, but we don't want to be here for the destruction. And we Mm. want these things to be reborn, but they can't be reborn until they're destroyed. So when we pull up, I think I think the news stories themselves can suck us into a very narrow view of what's happening. But when we pull up and we get a, a more of an aerial view, we can see that this is this is the death of something. And mm. and that's okay. Like that's a necessary part of a new life and rebirth, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I think at times for me, when people show it to me, I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Because, you know, it's dying, you know? And it has to in order for something new to be reborn. And then comes the part where you're talking about, well, now I get to imagine what does new look like? What does the next thing look yeah, like? Yeah, oh, because this country is really focused on the, the source. Whose fault is it? Right. So when there's a shooting, we're not as focused. Like I, I know, On the victims. No. We the, talk about, yeah. The victims or their families yeah. or their communities and yep. how they're impacted by it. Like low key, okay, this is going to be like a little bit of... <laughs> Turn right with me here. Right, got you. I want to admit something to you. Yes. I'm all about it. I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> I do. I'm admitting it to everyone. I'm a black girl. Who's I know a lot of black girls who like this show. I love that show. Okay. I want to admit it to all of you. All of you. All of our many listeners. It's out there now. Share this with others who love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I love that show. There's more of you than you know. I, 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 I won't tell you the depths in which I love it. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. I'm not going to embarrass it's myself. Let's, but not do let, it. let's just say there's, there's a franchise in The Bachelor. There's, there's podcasts, there's yes. Facebook groups. I'm not wow. saying if I'm in them or not, right. or I listen to them. Confirming or denying. No. But I want to let you know there's this one, this past um, season, mm-hmm. there was a <laughs> Blake. 
Blake <laughs> from Colorado. Blake from Colorado. I don't know where he was from, but maybe. Was he what? <laughs> is it what? Let me use my psychic abilities. Blake from white ass Colorado. I don't know if he was from Colorado, but maybe. But anyway. Sounds like a Blake. It's I think he yeah. But Blake, he experienced a school shooting. So when they did hometowns and they went to his house, they hadn't talked about this at all mm-hmm. until they get to his hometown and he takes her to his to his high school. And she's like, well, this is kind of weird. I wonder why he's taking me to his high school. Is he like caught up in in his like being mm-hmm. a football star? And then he was like, I want to take you in here to this library because this is where we hid when mm-hmm. there was a school shooting. And this is how it affected our community. And like he just, it was, I mean, I was like wow. pretty emotional watching yeah. it. And I realized, Thea, for the first time, I actually heard how a student felt. Mm-hmm now like mm-hmm. even like, all this time later all this time later it was so real for him it was so much a part of the fabric of of his of his life losing those people there was a before and after there was a before and after mm-hmm. but for that whole community yes. his mother his yes. brothers his yes. sisters the kind of fear i've i've experienced trauma at school and the kind of fear I felt going to school every day and I remember hiding at school and trying to make myself invisible from that trauma like I couldn't imagine like the nightmares all those kids must have gone through yeah and so our country doesn't focus on that not at all we are like Let's talk about gun control. And well, and it even the people who would focus on that, they get very little support. Like you and I had the same idea, right? Why right. isn't that idea in motion? Because, you know, because there's not a lot of support. Well, I mean, when has America ever cared about its victims? Hmm. That would mean caring about black people. That would mean caring about indigenous people. That would mean caring about so many groups that hmm. they don't care about. That mm-hmm. They've literally built... Yeah, their, their their lives on. So I mean, that's not a that's, that would involve not punishing poor people. It would involve so many things that are not deeply American. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But I do think that yes, the, all that trauma reverberates, and that inner that the reason they're still sitting with. We talked about this before. Sometimes the thing is not necessarily the trauma itself, because that people can the mind naturally will begin to start to like rebuild. Mm-hmm. But what messes people up is how people handle their trauma. If the people around them don't help them handle the trauma a certain way, it's almost like it, it's, it's like a prolonged healing process, right? So yeah. there's no, like you said, resources there to say, you have all this energy, you have all this fear, you have all this, what are we going to do with that? We right. have to create something with that and not just sit with it. Um, so I think this all brings the question of like what you were saying before, like what do we put our faith in, you know? And, you know, I'm a Course in Miracles person, right? You know, <laughs> took me a long time, read the book, got the tattoo, may feel about that like you feel about The Bachelor. <laughs> but I, I think yours is a more noble <laughs> obsession. It's different. It was, it was yeah. But of course- What does your tattoo say? Nothing real can be threatened. Mm-hmm. So the the- the main content of A Course in Miracles, the, the main premise of it is nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And that so nothing... Let's say it again, because I really like this. Say it again. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Mm-hmm. And the reason that, means, that brings yeah, me back... Yeah, that it brings me back yeah. every time because we... The rea- what we what it makes me realize is that what's happening is a whole bunch of illusion, 
right? A whole bunch of not real things. This thing is more important than this thing. That's an opinion. That's not a truth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of untruths, a lot of things that are opinions or what one group wants over another group, those are not facts. Those are not truth. Truths are things that come from the universe itself, right? So truths are like, you know, I always tell people like if somebody has an important role, if somebody's CEO of some Fortune 500 company, right? And they get in line and in and out, I mean, we're still in the same damn line, right? So your title, your privilege as a CEO is not a truth for me mm-hmm. because it doesn't go wherever I go. But if I say that you have value as a person and deserve to be recognized wherever you go, that can go with me no matter where I go. It's right. a universal truth, right? right? If I say me hurting you is the same as me hurting me, that's a universal truth, right? right. So I only try to build my life mm. on universal truths. And when I feel myself getting caught up in the illusions of things, right, mm. then I, I I try to implement tools and techniques to bring myself back. I, ask, I use my tattoo. Nothing real can be threatened. Is this real? Then why do you feel threatened, right? Like even my blackness, right? There's nothing wrong with my blackness. There's something wrong with the fact that people created this illusion that my blackness is inferior to anything that they have. Oh, or even that we are of the body. Like right. th- that the body is real. And right. It, that the body is real is like starting there. Starting there. Uh, yeah. And even not that my dad, whatever I came here to do, this was just that happened to be the best body to do it in, right? Well, thank right. thank you know, God. Thank you look, God. You're looking thank good. You, you're looking thank good, you, girl. <laughs> But you know, like like not looking thinking of ourselves as a vehicle for our destiny, but thinking of thinking of the body as this uh, determining factor in like who we are to other people, and like our value was locked up in that one. Really, the most valuable part is not even the container, except that the container is meant to help us do the thing that we came here to do. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So these like really that book helped me to separate like illusion from reality, and so then I can see the reality is that that these things are turning in on itself. Hate is turning in on itself. White like supremacy. supremacy is turning in mm. on itself. And we're watching that happen. And we can't say we want to end to these things and then not watch them happen. And it's of course, it's you know, going to be violent. And of course, it's going to be you ugly. Know, you know, I, I probably have admitted it to you, maybe even here. Like, I was not, I did not lose sleep when Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. I went to sleep with a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. I was excited. You're like, it's starting. Yes, this is the this is the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. I was pumped. I it's was starting. like, I was like, this country is ridiculous enough to do this. Yeah, this is this is where we're at. This is where we're at. This is this is the temperature of this place. Right. This man who we've all I've seen my entire life. I know who he is. Yeah. I know his character. Yeah. This is and we all have. We've yeah. all witnessed. Yeah, of course. Him. Yeah. Our entire life. Yeah. This is where we're at. This is what we value. Thank God. Because it's like, as your tattoo said, that's not real. Not real. And also, let me tell you the gift he's given me. And I've talked about this before. I don't know if if I've talked about it here, but he taught me and continues to teach me that you can make up whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Literally. The only other person to teach me that was Octavia Butler. When she would create diseases and languages, I was like, bitch, yes, right? And when I see like Trump go out there and do whatever the fuck he wants, however the fuck he wants, I'm like, you just remind me like that the choice I make to adhere to these things or to respond to these things is my own. Because really, I could walk out here and say the sky is fucking purple and really fight somebody on that shit and believe it to my core and nothing could make it not true. Mm-hmm. Right. So like mm-hmm. he's really made me feel like, oh, 
the whole fucking landscape is open to create whatever I want to create and to do whatever I want to do. And I think that is the other side of uncertainty. And you kind of touched on it. The flip side of uncertainty is excitement. Yeah. I get pumped. Like I'm I, I'm excited about because you can't really go that much lower. There's 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 right. There's plenty of like things that we can imagine but that are dark. Shit is pretty rough right there's now. There's dark, fearful um, conspiracies that we can all try to like wrap our. I don't live there. Yeah, I don't live there. I used to. I remember at a, there was a period of time when I felt this. This is. I don't even know, five years ago, six years ago, I was like, this is an uncertain time. Mm -hmm. What about FEMA camps? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was talking to one of my elders and she said, whatever you believe, that's what you're going to experience. Yes. Whatever you're prepared for, that's what you're going to have to do. Yep. So what do you want to prepare for? Yep. Yep. Your mind, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. Metaphysics doesn't stop because there's some sort of Armageddon. Right. Like you could live that, that kind of timeline out if you want to live that timeline. But she was like, I'm going to be over here living this kind of timeline. And I was like, bet I'm going to be over here living this kind of timeline. And and I think that that's kind of a funky place. A lot of people say people who are woo woo or all Mm -hmm. that shit that they don't have like, um, any grounding and mm-hmm. reality, or you just want to pretend and ignore things. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel it's kind of like uh, what do you say? Like holding those two two truths, two, yeah, two yeah, realities gently. at the same time, yeah. right? Like yeah. in one reality, like I'm changing this world. Yes. In another reality, I'm determining the world I'm going to be living yes. in, and that that's my experience. And they're happening at the same. They're time. They're happening at the same time. I don't spend a bunch of fucking time on like feeling bad about yeah. what's going on. Absolutely, here. I don't because what kind of life would I be well, building for the people that I'm I'm raising? You and know? that's that goes to joy as an act of resistance when you know that they want you to be preoccupied with their shit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm then not doing you, it because if you're preoccupied with it, you're not doing your work. You're not manifesting. The work of the future, the work of what you're going to bring into existence mm-hmm. because you're preoccupied and you're stressed and you're depressed about what. So when you realize, oh, no, you want me to be fucked up, like you want me to be down, you want me to. Then joy becomes like revolutionary. Yeah. Let me give a shout out to whoever um, invented that that new feature on the iPhone that tells you how much time <laughs> you're spending on shit on your phone. Does it? Yes. Oh, I need to do the update. It is amazing. It says it's a screen time. It's screen time. You can see how much it's time. It's an app? Or is yeah. it automatically on the iPhone? And you got to update. Okay. Do the update and then Damn. you can see it show you like you did this much on your text messages, this much on Instagram, this wow. much. On, when I saw what I was using my time for, I was like, why do I act like I don't have time? Right. Like, right. I had enough time for this. Right. And then I I met, I decided in that moment, oh, I want a new reality. Right. I don't want to spend my reality looking at other people who are looking at other people. We're all in this looking at other people loop yeah. on, on Instagram. I love Instagram. It's yeah. just fucking great. You curate your life. I curate. I just go on there and look yeah. at... Oh, look at all these beautiful <laughs> diamonds. Oh, beautiful. Look at you. <laughs> look at the, you know, I love the shiny, shiny things. People. I got diamonds. I got dresses. Ooh. I got food. Yeah, you know me. I, know. I got inspirational quotes. Yes. I got the homies. I got babies, right? But then I was like, yo, I spending all this time doing that. Like, and I looked two weeks later, like, I cut that time in half. Yeah. And I like really started investing in what do I want to build here? Yeah, absolutely. What do I want to create here? Because this because thing, now's the time. Now's in the a time. time of destruction mm-hmm. is also a time of creation. Yep. And that's what we have to remember. Like 
we can either sit here and stare and gawk at the destruction or we can begin the creating because it's like, you know, what's coming next. If you're in the race, you know, if you've ever like ran track and, and done like the, um, relays, right. Where you, and you, you pass off the baton, the person who's passing off the baton, the person who's getting it has to start running before the other person catches them. That's how I feel about it. Destruction is coming. Great. We know, but we can't just sit here and wait for them to hand us the baton. We should already be running right. on the creative end of it so that when they make that, it's a smooth pass and it's a smooth transition. Yeah. I just think, I feel like the other piece of it is like, we talked about like joy as, an, as, a, as a revolutionary act, but I, I had this moment where like a couple weeks ago, even before I did the nine days, and in this moment, you know, I'm a planner, I'm a passion I'm, I'm just going to say something. You, you keep talking about the nine days. We're going to have to talk about it. Okay. We'll okay. okay. After you tell we'll, yeah, okay. 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 We got to talk so, about it. You just like, referenced it too many times. Okay. So <laughs> put it, tell you like that. Okay. So nine days. I had to let a dream die. Okay. I had to let the version of a dream that I had in my head for three years die. Okay. And I woke up one morning and Oya was like, pull it back. Okay. And that meant for me... A lot of things. All right. Because part of my coping had become today could be the day. You just never know. Today could be the day. And I was kind of like feeding myself these breadcrumbs using this dream to like survive things that were pretty difficult at times. Right. Mm. And so to remove that meant to remove all that coping as well. Mm. And so the first two days of it, I found myself feeling almost inconsolable about it. Like the thought of having to go back into this reality without this dream to like keep me going felt really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, the third day though was Oya's day. And so I got up and I said, I need to spend some time with my mom mm-hmm. and figure out what this is about. Because I remember we had those big wins mm-hmm. a little bit ago mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's her moving. And I went out and I said, okay, mama, anything dead that is preventing anything in me from living I wanted to go. Hmm. And a couple of days later, I woke up with that understanding that I had to pull that thing back. Mm. And and then the rest of that seven days was just this eye opening where it's actually what she was pulling me back from was way too much work. Mm. Way too, She was really clearing, like it was so much clutter over the thing that was trying to live that was associated with this. And so that really taught me very strongly and very clearly that like we have to get comfortable with letting things die. I want to talk about that real quick because mm-hmm. we talked on that first day when you made that mm-hmm. decision, right? And and I, I want to be clear, like me and Thea, we're real friends. In real life. In like, real life. Just, <laughs> like we we talk on the podcast and we're yes. real friends on the podcast, but it's just like the recorded conversation that we get to talk about things. But you called me and one of the things is like I had a very similar experience of having Mm -hmm. to let a dream die and it was a professional dream and it was really, really hard. Like I really was, um, I thought that that particular dream was going to get me the... The things. The, the things. Yes. All yes. the things yes. I wanted. This is my freedom ticket. This is ticket. the break. This yes. is the big this is, one. This is my Harriet Tubman. Yes. This <laughs> is the big one. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is it. And I was working for so many years on this dream and feeling like I was bending and folding yep. and compromising yep. Yep. 
trying to Ugh. fit, make that dream happen. All right, I'll change that. I'll do yeah. that. All right, I could do that. Too much. And then one day it was gone. And I yeah. had no idea that I was walking into that. I was thought I was walking into the opposite. Yeah. I thought I was walking into the complete realization of that dream that yes. day. Oh, yeah. all this work I did, now it's done. And it's yeah. ready to go out here in the world and have legs and live. And it was really, really hard. Yeah. It was really, really hard. And I we talked about that. I didn't give myself the permission to just really sit in that disappointment and yeah. really sit in that uncertainty yeah. of like, you don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah. And this is something that you got kind of like based your life around yeah. in your foreseeable future. And now that it's not there, you don't know anymore. You don't. And you, the best thing you told me to do was to pick a certain number of days and grieve, which nine is Oya's number. So that was easy to choose mm-hmm. that piece. But one of the interesting things that happened was in talking to you and talking to you know our friend Crystal, um, both of you all had almost the opposite reaction of I had. While my while for me something was dying, and two of my closest friends and creative partners, you all was like, "Fuck yes, we yeah. about to do this!" Like you all had excitement. Mm-hmm. It was the exact through this destruction. Like you all were like, "We we we can do something with this now," and like mm-hmm. you all's excitement juxtaposed with my, mm-hmm. you know, this death for me was like, wow, it's so great to have people around you who can see what you can't see at the time. Mm-hmm. And and it's good because sometimes you're the one going through the destruction mm-hmm. and somebody else, and you all were really respectful, like, we're not going to talk about this right now because, you know, you got to grieve it. But at the end of this nine days, yeah. we're going to talk about this because I, I I want in on this, you know? And it was the excitement again, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, it was just... It came full circle, just a reminder that, like, I really think a lot of our, we are witnessing sad things. We are witnessing difficult things. But the agitation, the spiritual Mm. conflict within us is that we're not allowing ourselves Mm. to process this as as a grieving death of an illusion of an America so that we can build the reality of one, Mm -hmm. right? Like that, if we would just allow ourselves to say, we need this idea to die mm-hmm. so that we can build a concept that's inclusive and that's realistic and has strategies. I mean, look at 10 years ago. Were white people talking about privilege with other white people? <laughs> Not at all. Five years ago. Yeah. White yeah. people weren't talking about privilege. It used to be dirty for us to say white people. Right. It right. used to be difficult to say. I mean, I'm sure we both did it, but we you know what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, but to say black people was normal, but to 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 talk about whiteness as an identity, as an identity mm-hmm. in a room would make everyone oh, and as a negative identity definitely would make wasn't every. Happening. I mean, I went again. Tough. This is another gift of the Trump administration, right? White yeah. became a visible identity. I had people. I think I have said this. Who I would see. My friend said I would. People were seeing me in Starbucks and I'm wondering if they think I voted for him, you know, or like getting out of a lift with a guy and he jumps out and he, before he gets out, he's like, I didn't vote for him, by the way. And I didn't even ask. Like, that wasn't even what was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, but I, I think that we, that's the part of looking at what has opened up during these times. And me being the planner that I am and having everything like sketched out, I can tell you what this looks like on an individual, in a personal level. Right. Which is that like, 
me being this planner in this time can be really hard because you're planning for like a year ahead, two years ahead, right? And you're like, I don't even know. Like, yeah. do I want to invest in that? Do I want a retirement? Do I want, like all these things even be there, do, right? Do I want to buy a house? Right. Do and, I, all and these where, And where, I mean, it's who, stuff that's coming up. Just real shit. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I could, if I could give financing, which I believe I can, mm-hmm. I believe anyone listening to this can. Mm-hmm. So, but where would I want to live? Where would I want to live? And all why would questions. I want to live there? Like, like there's so much. And how long will that be where I want to live? And like how, nothing is And will certain. it have water? And and will, <laughs> like, will, will it be healthy? <laughs> and so in doing that, I I realized what I was doing was operating under another illusion. Mm-hmm. For instance, I would go to work knowing that I had seven people scheduled that day, which is a lot. So I would mm-hmm. already have anxiety think about how am I going to hold space for seven people? What I realized is something in my voice said, you don't even know if all seven going to show up. Right. Right. So like my anxiety was about something that may or may not exist based on my plan, which in no plan is an actual permanent fixed plan. It can't yeah. be. Because guess what? We're always operating in uncertainty, even with our plans. Our plans don't oh, even yeah. work out the way I we mean, intend I mean, to I mean, my do. partner tells me that all the time. Yeah. He's an Aquarius. He's like... <laughs> Sure, like God willing, you can. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can plan. plan. You can plan till you blue in the face. And so the next morning, it did something really amazing, mm. which is that for the first morning in a long time, instead of waking up thinking about my plan, I woke up and said, "I'm open to being surprised today," and that's okay. actually pretty fucking exciting. That yes. I have no idea. We always think about uncertainty in in terms of the. Scary things that could happen, but we never think like this could be the day Beyonce oh. and Jay Z call me and say, "Hey, I've I'm heard sorry. you're working on I'm this." I'm sorry, I have to tell you, I can't join you there. You, I, I know you probably <laughs> do this I on a actually, regular basis. On a regular basis, wake up like I want a miracle today. Like, yeah, what's today going to be about? I think this is going to be the best day ever, and I find myself in yes. all of these. Strange, exciting experiences and being open to them, being open to them, and just like, whoa. And like, once I'm inside the other day, when I was inside of a great, that great experience, and then I just ended, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna celebrate, like, I'm gonna celebrate. I didn't even know that was happening, and now I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get this delicious, you know, it always ends with something delicious, delicious. (laughs) some type of food. (laughs) I'm gonna go. We need sponsors. (laughs) Food sponsors, product sponsors. I swear to God, we are really giving away some free shit. You know who's my sponsor? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. (laughs) Won't he do it? The Lord be coming through. The Lord could also sponsor you through an organization <laughs> or a C- come through. He Lord. Can come through. I don't. Many I don't. I don't need to know how. We don't need to know how. This all is what know, we're letting go of. All I know is nobody knows how. Who, who knew I was going to be a? I'm a pescatarian now. That's what I wanted to come on. I wanted to tell you. I wanted to admit it on the mic. I'm a pescatarian. Come through with the smoked salmon, <laughs> come Lord. Come through with the smoked salmon. I I'm like smoked salmon. salmon tonight, as a matter of fact. No, no, I, I said lox, baby. Smoked lox. salmon, all right? I'm talking, I'm talking about capers. The good okay? stuff. I'm talking about high end, all right? Ah, uh, yes. All yes. right? Of course, high end known. <laughs> I know who you are. I know who you are. You think it's going to be low end? Please. <laughs> oh, if, that, if your God's coming through, that shit's going to be delicious. Come through, Lord. But yes, waking up. Open to the element of surprise because here's the reality: we are getting negative stories, but we're also getting amazing fucking stories too. Amazing, and I just think that if we flip that lens a little bit, we can see all of this happening in the midst of what's happening right now. Absolutely, 
That's the gold. So there is joy there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And beyond, there's excitement. I'm, Let's go with that word. I, I think I find a lot of excitement in all of the uncertainty. Because yes. it is only going to be change. And I like a good yes. drama. And let me tell you, can we just say that black women have been predicting this shit forever? So maybe that's why we're kind of like, why is everybody... Octavia Butler told you... The woman who wrote the ISIS paper, she literally calls it the era of justice. She said it's going to be late 20th century, early 21st century. Francis like, Crest yes, Wesling. Yes. Yeah. I mean, black women have been predicting this for a very long time. We're the so mothers of creation. We knew. We are the we mothers knew. of creation. If you just listened to us talk, we was telling y'all shit was hitting the fan, but nobody won, you know, but you don't hear me though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're not doing that today. Do you feel better now, Noam? I do. We processed through that. <laughs> no, it's I true. Do. So I do. I do. I feel better. Felt that way. I feel better. I feel better. I feel like there is a lot of crazy stuff going on that does make me angry. But I do. I think I feel like good to admit that it's all exciting to me. You I think had like multiple confessions. I did. Bachelor's, pescatarian. This has been revelatory. I have to say, I feel better as a pescatarian. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I. I tried it. I mean, I did it. Shit was just so <laughs> Wait, you shaming. Off you off? That? I'm off. I but you know <laughs> what but, happened? You were a vegan. What happened? It's stressful. <laughs> it's fucking stressful, man. It's like it's like it's just too much. I gotta think about a lot of shit. We just talked about uncertain times. Maybe when times get a little more certain, I'll pick it back up. But I will say it's made me like like going through that made me aware of my body more. So like I know mm. when I'm carrying too much of something. And I still think like I still like I definitely don't like the dairy. I was like gonna say you know you're not eating dairy. I'm though. not, yeah, I still don't yeah. like the dairy. And then I just I'm easy, easy, easy on the meat. Cause I still feel it, but I just couldn't feel like I could never have stuff. <laughs> like as a black woman whose ancestors was locked and enslaved against Uh-oh. their will, I don't Every feel like time I should a nigga ever that. have to why do they always want to. bring up slavery when they want to eat chicken? Like I'm I don't saying. understand. Not necessarily like, just the chicken, but I just feel like I should never have to say what I will never ever do. Ever. I feel like, no, I, I should have free rights on everything forever. And plus, when we with family, you know they're going to cook chicken. That's like saying you don't want us to be with family. I just want, for the record, to, to point out that she did bring up chicken. Like, she could have been talking about- Did I say chicken? Be- <laughs> did I say chicken? I don't think I said the word chicken. <laughs> did I say chicken? Maybe I did. See? I mean, whatever. There's a connection we have to chickens. There as, is a connection. The African I mean, population. It is. There's a big chicken. We had a chicken thing. We did. So um, I'm so glad you feel better though. I do feel better. She was all you don't get tense, but she was looking tense. A little, a little tense. I don't like talking about shoes. I, I don't like, like talking about What word did we shoes. use? What? Sketch. Uh, sketch. Sketch was the word. Okay. Sketch like my neighborhood. Let's so go. We're, so what we're gonna suggest for all of y'all out there trying to find the inspiration in the uncertainty is for every horrible story, find a beautiful one. If you want, I have amazing videos of uh, kids doing amazingly funny things. Like there's this one of these little black girls going to the pool. Have you seen that one? No. And their mom was like, <laughs> something like, where we going? To the pool. Where we going, y'all? To the pool. What you going to go swim? What you going to go <laughs> swim? We going to swim. We going to swim. You know, we got to have the breakdown. We going to swim. The remix in the song. So I mean, I got shit like that. On deck. Like, you know, for every horrible thing, there's definitely a really beautiful one out there. Um, and just remember that this is not like necessarily an uptick in activity as much as it is an uptick 
and awareness. Because people have been around this world suffering ongoingly for a long time. For a long, long time. And there's also a new added awareness that's very, very vocal and visible of lots of folks who are fighting to change. Absolutely. Who are finally getting their voices heard. So it's the opportunity and time for radical change, which is exciting. So to end with words from the heart, today we're going to read a little excerpt. We're going to to use our dramatic voices and to honor Intozaki Shange, she who brings her own things, she uh, who walks with she lions. Who brings, walks with lions. Intozaki meaning she who brings her, her own, own things. things. She came here with it. She who brings her That's own amazing. things. Amazing. Shange, she or he that walk with lions. Hmm. So we're going to do just a little bit of, of um, the For Colored Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough poem. Dark phrases of womanhood, of never having been a girl. Half notes scattered without rhythm, no tune. Distraught laughter falling over a black girl's shoulder. It's funny. It's hysterical. The melodylessness of her dance don't tell nobody. Don't tell a soul she's dancing on beer cans and shingles. This must be the spook house. Another song with no singers, lyrics, no voices, and interrupted solos, unseen performances. Are we ghouls? Children of horror, the joke. Don't, Don't tell, tell nobody. nobody. Don't, Don't tell, tell a soul. Are we animals? Have we gone crazy? I can't hear anything. But maddening screams and the soft strains of death. And you promised me, you promised me. Somebody, anybody, sing a black girl's song. Bring her out to know herself, to know you. But sing her rhythms, Karen. Struggle. Hard times. Sing her song of life. She's been dead so long. Closed in silence so long, she doesn't know the sound of her own voice, her infinite beauty. She's half notes scattered without rhythm, no tune. Sing her sighs. Sing the song of her possibilities. Sing a righteous gospel. Let her be born. Let her be born and handled warmly. That's it. We love y'all. Much respect and love to Intazaki Shange and her family. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to get excited. <laughs> you never know what tomorrow will bring. Talk to you soon. 